1: there future paleontologists I'm Dinosaur George and welcome to the podcast I Hope everybody is doing well I hope you are all enjoying yourselves and having a great and wonderful life Hey there to all the parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents who listen with your uh, with your young people I'm honored absolutely honored that so many adults uh, are willing to spend time with their kids listening to this, and so it makes me feel really proud to, well, two reasons why I'm very proud. One is because it, you're kind enough to allow me to be part of your family during this time, and the other is that there are so many really good parents out there who take time out to spend with their kids, and so that's just amazing, and anyway, I enjoy I enjoy hearing from you all, and it's so great. Kind of exciting we now have a little over 475,000 listeners. There's well, there's been 475,000 downloads. So we're coming up on half a million downloads of this podcast, which is very exciting. We are listened to in 160 countries and 11,292 cities throughout the world. And we have listeners on every continent on earth, which is very exciting. And again, I'm very, very proud of that. It's, it's so neat to, uh, to think about listeners that I have all over the world. You know, when this podcast goes out, I have people in China and South America and Africa and Asia and Europe, Asia and Europe and Australia and New Zealand. And it's just so fascinating to me. That's so many all over the world get to hear this. So I enjoy doing these podcasts. And and my only regret is that I can't do as many as I would like to do as often. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we're getting ready to go into our busy season for for my company. I have a traveling museum and then I have my regular museum in San Antonio. And so my regular museum, my museum and gift shop is only open on the weekends, And I try to be out there every weekend when I can. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. My schedule's too busy. But on the weekdays, we travel. And my traveling museum, we're just getting ready to take off and start traveling all over, mostly in Texas. I think we've got some shows in uh, Louisiana coming up. I believe I saw that on the calendar. So uh, we definitely go out of the state, but we mostly stay in Texas. So if you are ever in or around San Antonio... On a weekend, my store at Trader's Village, it's a place called Trader's Village. That's my museum is located within Trader's Village, which is this giant outdoor market. And uh, we're open Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. Also, something I wanted to mention to new Raptor Club members and T-Rex members of our Patreon clubs. We send out your free welcome gifts at the beginning of each month. So if you sign up to become a T-Rex or a Raptor member, it may take a little while to receive your welcome gifts. If you're a Raptor Club member, you get a replica Raptor Claw. And if you're a T-Rex member, you get the Raptor Claw, plus you get a Tyrannosaurus Rex Tooth, a replica T-Rex Tooth. So we usually send those out at the beginning of each month. So I just wanted to, to alert you that if you sign up, it could, like if you sign up, On let's say the third of the month, it might take the whole month before we send out the next uh, batch of welcome gifts. So I just want you to know that sometimes it takes a little while, but I promise they ultimately get there. And yes, we ship welcome gifts all over the world. I recently, I saw some going to Japan, Australia, New Zealand, um, where else did I see? England. Um, 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 I think Chile, South America. I think there was some, so we ship worldwide. Your gifts go out worldwide. A lot of them going to Canada as well. Okay. So cover a couple of shout outs. This first one, I, I had such a great time. I was at Trader's Village this past weekend. And just to let you know, today's date is September 19th. So that would have been the 17th and the 18th. I was out there. First of all, I met Elijah's mom. So nice. They're from Washington. So nice. Elijah, I just wanted to give you a shout out. Say hi to you. Glad that you're a listener. Loved meeting your mom. And I believe it was your your grandmother and your aunt, maybe, who were there as well. Absolutely beautiful ladies. I enjoyed meeting them very much. And um, uh, so anyway, shout out to you, my little friend. I sent you a little something special, and I hope you get it, and I hope you like it. Uh, Then Noble. Now, Noble is a Patreon club member, Nobleosaurus Rex, and he, uh, they lived, I think they lived in Houston, but they came to the museum because Noble wanted to come by, and it was just his birthday, and so I got to see Noble, got to meet his parents, enjoyed that so much. Noble, you're a very smart young man. You knew a lot about those dinosaurs. I was very impressed with you. Then I did a a show in a city called Beaumont, Texas, which is kind of along the Texas-Louisiana border side of the state. I did a traveling exhibit, and a large number of you came out to say hi there. First was Case, who I found out was married and has two kids. Uh, Okay, Case is nine years old. I might have made up that last part. (laughs) Chase, I hope you enjoyed the museum. I really enjoyed meeting you and, and your parents, and it was great, and I hope you enjoyed that very much. Then a family drove four hours from Texas City all the way to Beaumont. Olivia, Nora, Aubrey, Brooks, and Natalie and their mom drove four hours to come see me. I, I am so Honored that you guys came all that way. I hope you enjoyed the exhibit. I hope you liked everything. They're listeners to this podcast, and for all of you, thank you. It was so nice meeting all of you. Um, you guys were such polite young people. Uh, Mom, you should be incredibly pl- proud. Dad, I know you were working, you could make it, but you guys should be really proud of your children because they were very respectful kids. And uh, I really enjoyed meeting you. And then I met Lake and and uh, Lake's family. And they used to live in Colorado, and then they moved to Texas, and I got to see them. And by the way, I know that Lake liked Dinosuchus, which I think is fascinating, too. What a a gigantic animal. Dinosuchus is such a big crocodile. I absolutely love that thing. So, Lake, you and your family, first of all, welcome to Texas. I know you've lived here for a while. And like I told your dad, I was born in Colorado Springs. So, really, technically, we're both from Colorado, and we both moved to Texas. I just did it a couple of years earlier than you. Okay, maybe a lot more than a couple. And then Elora, who was six, and her brother Luca, they came in and they drew me pictures, which was really, really nice. I love that. I have, As a matter of fact, I have those pictures over in my office. Uh, They were with mom and dad. Um, And I learned two very interesting things about Elora and Luca. First of all, do you know Luca actually ate lava one time? And Elora ate a unicorn? Uh, I've never met two children that have the most strange diet like that. Your mom and dad, I don't know what they're feeding you kids, but I'll bet you anything your mom and dad fed you lava and unicorn for dinner, and that's just not right. So, Luca and Elora's mom and dad, I don't want to publicly call you out and say shame on you, but shame on you! For making your children eat lava and a unicorn. <laughs> Thank you guys for the pictures. The pictures are great. Thank you so very much. All right, birthday shout outs, and boy do we have a bunch. Now, um I did a uh I I did an episode recently where I just did questions and answers. So some of these go back to August. I just didn't get a chance to get to them then. Now uh for birthday shout-outs. These are for my uh, T-Rex Club Patreon members. So let me go down the list. First, we've got Gus, who turned six on August 2nd, but I missed Gus's, so I wanted to catch up to that. Then there was Gordon, who turned five. His was August the 8th. Richard was August the 13th, turned five years old. Harrison turned seven on August the 15th. Ian turned nine on August the 30th. So I'm doing a shout-out for you guys because I missed you the last time I when I did an episode in August. I missed you, so I wanted to catch up to you. Now, let's listen to Septembers. There's Christian who turned seven on uh, September the 5th. Noble, September the 7th, turned 111 years old. I mean 11 years old. <laughs> so nice to you, Noble. Uh, Liam turned six on September 8th. Arthur turned six on September 9th. Bernadette turned 12 on September the 10th. Theo turned six, September the 10th. Austin turned 11, September 11th. Zach, who is 31. Now, Zach is a very good friend of mine. Zach is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, He also uh, helps with the Zoom lessons. Zach, um, absolutely love you like a brother. Happy birthday to you, Zach. I know I'm late, but happy birthday to you, my friend. Uh, Let's see, Uh, Jackson turned 11 on September the 12th, Rory turned 6 on September the 12th, Jack turned 11 September the 12th, brothers Leo and Dylan turned 5 on September 18th, Finley turned 6 on September 19th, Yohei turned 6 on September 19th. Hey, what's today? Hey, that's today! Hey, Finley, Yohei. I would sing happy birthday to you, but you know good and well what's going to happen. The minute I start singing happy birthday, this horrible little raptor named Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor shows up and I don't know where it's hiding. The last time it was hanging by its fingernails from the ceiling. And the minute I started singing, it just let go and plopped down on my head and attacked me. I don't know why this little dinosaur hates the song happy birthday, but it hates it. And the minute a dinosaur starts singing happy birthday, it comes in and ruins the song by screaming cha-cha-cha, and then it attacks me. Why? What did I do to this thing? Anyway, tomorrow, Lennox is turning seven, September the 20th. Asher is turning seven on September 21st. Rhea is turning five on September 23rd. William is turning seven on September 25th. Noah is turning seven on September 28th, and Philip is turning seven on September 29th. So to all of you, not just my Patreon club members, to all of you, all over the world, if you are celebrating a birthday in September, I wish you all a very happy birthday. I I hope you have a great birthday, and uh, I'm going to see... I am going to look all around this place to make absolutely sure that that raptor is not in this room and let me see if I can choose a dinosaur to sing happy birthday to everybody. Let's see, where are you? Okay, here we go. I've got a triceratops. Sure. Cha-cha-cha's not here. Okay, to everybody having a birthday in September, here is your birthday song. You ready? ready. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. All right, keep going. Happy birthday to you. So far, so good. I'm going to eat you for breakfast. Wait, why would a triceratops eat somebody? And spit out your shoes. Okay, why would a triceratops... Get him off! Get him off of me! Oh, 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 you. Where did he come from? Oh, my gosh. It's hiding behind my computer monitor. That's just great. Okay, again, why would a triceratops say it's going to eat all these people for breakfast? Well, anyway. Maybe because you guys smell like broccoli. Uh, I think that could be it. Anyway, smart enough not to eat your shoes. And also, you know, just uh, uh, also to all of you parents, (laughs) you know, I always wish kids happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday to all of you parents uh, who have birthdays. Some very important people in my life have birthdays in September. And uh, so um, some of them just turned 40. Happy birthday. So um, uh, anyway, to everybody out there, happy birthday to you all. All right. Let's do our feature. Creature. It's time for our Feature Creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your Feature Creature. There are over a thousand named dinosaurs alone, so we could spend our whole lives talking about different prehistoric animals. But today we're going to choose one that is not as well known, but I've always liked this dinosaur. It's called Dryosaurus. Dryasaurus. The name Dryasaurus means tree oak lizard. And it was given that name uh, by paleontologist Othniel Marsh because it was assumed that this animal lived in a forest. Let me explain something about the naming of a dinosaur. When a, when a paleontologist gives, the name, gives a name to a new kind of dinosaur, there's a lot of things that have to happen before you can give it a name. First, you have to prove that what you have is a new kind of animal that somebody else hasn't already found, because it would be very confusing if everybody could just give a name to something. There could be like one dinosaur could have 11 different names, and that would be very confusing. So there are rules that paleontologists follow. So the first step is they have to figure out if indeed this is a new animal. Then they have to write a scientific paper, and in that paper it describes all the things about it, everything they know, where it lived, when it lived, what they found, what they think it is, and and reasons why they believe that's what it is. And if that paper is approved, call it's called peer review. Peer review is when people in your organization look at the paper and agree with it. So peer review means it goes in front of some other paleontologists who reads all the paper you wrote, and they decide if they agree with it or they say, no, I don't agree with it. But if they agree with it, then the name is given. Now, the name can be there's I mean, you can name it anything you want. But paleontologists oftentimes follow sort of this set of rules. One, it can be named after someone. So, for instance, there's a dinosaur named Tim Imus, named after a little boy named Tim. It can be named from where it was found. Utah raptor, found in Utah. Coloradosaurus, found in Colorado. So you can name it for where it's found. Or you can name it after something interesting about it. Like, for instance, Stegosaurus means roof lizard. Because the plates on its back kind of make it look like it has a roof. Um... What else? Brachiosaurus means arm lizard because its arm is super long, and that's an unusual feature about it. Triceratops in English means three-horned face. So you can name it after something unique. Most scientists use Latin, or in Asia, they use uh, Chinese a lot. Um, You can use whatever language you want, too. So, for instance... Uh, a dinosaur like Mementosaurus. That's Mementosaurus is not an English word. That's a, I believe, Chinese. I believe that's the language Mementosaurus is. So they kind of give it those names. They don't name one Frank. Hello, this is my dinosaur. His name is Frank. You're like, its name is Frank? Well, that's its first name. Its last name is Einstein. Wait a minute. Your dinosaur's named Frankenstein? I don't think that's a good name for a dinosaur. What's this next one? Here's my dinosaur. Its name is Were. Its last name is Wolf. Welcome to Werewolf. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to do that. Now, all animals have a first and last name, by the way. So anyway, Dryosaurus was given the name Dryosaurus because it was sort of assumed at the time that it probably lived in forests. So that's the name they came up with. It's a relatively small dinosaur. It's three meters long. That's 9.8 feet long. It was about two meters tall, which is about 5.6 meters tall. So it's actually almost the same height as me, just an inch shorter than me. And I'm not a tall person. It weighed 100 kilograms. That's 220 pounds. So it's still larger than most humans. They lived all across North America and Africa. How does that happen? Did they fly in a plane from North America to Africa? Did they ride in a boat? Or is it that North America and Africa used to be connected? Yes, I do believe that's the correct answer. Thank you very much. So there's the specimens have been found in North America and Africa. Uh, here in the United States, they were found in Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. So, And in Africa, they were found in Tanzania. So this was a very common dinosaur. See, one of the cool things about being a small or medium-sized dinosaur is you can really go into much larger areas. You can spread around. If you're a really big, big dinosaur, you can't travel all over the world because if you have to cross deserts or if you have to go into a place where it, it rains all the time, you're going to get stuck. Or if you're crossing a desert and you don't get enough water, you'll die before you get to the nearest water because the bigger you are, the more you need, right? An elephant eats more than a mouse. If all the water dries up, an elephant is in big trouble, but a mouse can get enough water just in the morning when dew settles on the ground. It could literally lick the dew off of a rock and get all the water it needs. So one of the reasons why being small or medium is very important is because it allows you to go to places where sometimes bigger animals don't go. That's why this animal is spread in so many different countries and why it's found in so many different areas, because staying small sometimes is a benefit. I want you to think about that. When the asteroid impacted the Earth at the end of the Cretaceous period, every large animal was wiped out. You know what survived? birds. You know why? Because they weren't giant. Alligators and crocodiles survived, but only the smaller ones because they didn't have to have as much to eat. They didn't have to have as much to drink. So Dryosaurus was a good-sized dinosaur for that time. It lived in the late Jurassic. That's about 155 to about 145 million years ago. And it is an herbivore, or you might pronounce it herbivore. Uh, Just so that you know, herbivore is an animal that eats plants. So some people call it herbivore without pronouncing the H. Some people pronounce the H like herbivore. And it's the same thing with like uh, uh, herbs or herbs that your parents might use when cooking. Um, some people call them herbs. Some people call them herbs. That's not right or wrong. I've told you all this before. I want you all to remember the way you pronounce something doesn't necessarily mean you are right or you are wrong. It just means that that's the way you pronounce it. And I know my friends over in England, um, here in the United States, we pronounce the same words differently sometimes. And yet we both know what we're talking about and we don't get upset that we say it one way and they say it another or vice versa. But it, I, I always pronounce it herbivore, but, Sometimes I'll call it a herbivore, but whatever you call it, this is something, this is an animal that eats, uh, that eats plants. Um, here's kind of an interesting, a couple of interesting facts about it. It's number one, um, defense would be to run. You don't have to, you don't have to stay and fight. Animals are very successful by fleeing, running. If you walk up to a wild rabbit, it's not going to stand on its hind legs and go, come on, you want a piece of me? You're like, uh, mom, dad, I think that rabbit is nuts. Yeah, nobody calls me nuts. Come here. Come here. You're like, run for your life. It's a crazy rabbit. Rabbits run away. Deer run away. So Dryosaurus probably did the exact same thing. Just turn and run. They probably lived in groups. There's a reason why living in groups is a very good thing, right? We've talked about this before. There is safety in numbers. When you hear that phrase, you might hear that phrase, somebody says there's safety in numbers. Does that mean if I take a calculator and hide behind it, I'm safe? That's not what it means. Yes, parents, that was a dad joke. Please explain it to your children. So (laughs) safety in numbers means... If there's a bunch of us together, we can watch for danger, right? Everybody can look a different direction. Nobody can sneak up behind us because we're all looking in different directions. If a predator runs in to attack us, we can all take off running, and it's hard for that predator to pick one of us out of the crowd to to, to attack. It doesn't know which one to attack. We're running everywhere. So these animals probably lived in that sort of thing, and when you talk about a group of plant eaters, you would refer to them as a herd. So they probably lived in a herd, and I bet, I bet they did. And these animals are built for speed, by the way. They are built for speed. And I suggest that because they were, um, they had speed and they lived in groups, I don't know if many animals could ever catch these things. I mean, certainly some of them would, but man, they would have been incredible. They would have been an incredible animal to see. So you don't have to be giant. You don't have to be uh, covered in weapons. You don't have to be a carnivore to be interesting. Dryosaurus is a very interesting dinosaur. You know, I've I've read different things where peop, uh, some scientists believe that they may have had like little pouches in their mouth, their cheeks. Have you ever seen a picture of like a, a chipmunk? Or a squirrel putting a lot of food in his mouth and running away to go hide it because their cheeks can kind of puff out, they can expand, they can stuff food in there. Some scientists believe, based on the skull, they believe that this animal might have been able to do the same thing. That would have been interesting. Maybe they buried their food and came back to eat it later. Who knows? And that's one last thing I want to tell you about. One of the reasons why plant eaters are so important to the balance of nature Yes, they eat the leaves, and yes, they eat the plants, but they also do some other things. Like, for instance, they spread the seeds. So let's say there's a bush, and it has seeds. If the seeds drop off right at the base of that bush and stay there, then the plant that's going to grow from those seeds is going to really compete with the plant that it came from. They're both going to be fighting for sunlight. The parent plant is not going to let the sun shine on the seed, so why have the seed if the baby can't grow, if the the plant can't grow? But along comes herbivores who eat the seeds. Now, the seeds go through their body, through their digestive system, and they sort of poop out the seeds. How would you like that sound effect? But here's the cool thing. If they eat the seeds, usually it might take one or two days before the seed goes through the digestive system. The body doesn't digest the seeds. As long as they swallow the seeds whole, the seeds will pass through their system. So the dinosaur has walked way far away from the plant that it ate the seeds, right? So when it finally comes out, not only does it come out, but it's surrounded by fertilizer, the poo. So the seed is planted just by being dropped on the ground. And the fertilizer, the poo that it's in, is going to help the seed grow. And so the plant eater took the seed from that plant and walked far away and left the the seed, and now that seed can grow. So animals like Dryosaurus would have been very important because they would have been spreading seeds. But if they had those cheek pouches, and it say it filled up its mouth with seeds and it went and buried them the way a squirrel will do it well sometimes they forget where they buried them all and that means that it buried the plant and it will grow so dinosaurs like dryosaurus don't have to have spikes and horns and claws and cool stuff they can be incredibly cool just like they are if you would like a project for those of you that enjoy the projects that i give you try to draw a picture of a dryosaurus Eating seeds. Uh, You don't have to draw it pooping them out if you don't want to. But if you want to, it's natural. There's nothing naughty about that. But uh, you can draw a picture of a Dryosaurus. Now, you're going to have to go online and look it up. Uh, Dryosaurus, very interesting dinosaur. Its name is spelled D-R-Y-O-S-A-U-R-U-S, Dryosaurus. And if you would like a project, go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, and post your pictures. All right. I'm going to let my voice take just a quick, quick, brief, brief rest. We are going to go over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. In the meantime, I am just going to give you information about uh, what I want to do. Let's do let's do the traveling museum. If if you live in or around Texas and you wanted to come to your school, I'll play this for you. <coughs> Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and, of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll-free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's Traveling Museum to your community today. All right, let's jump over on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. If you, or your parents are on Facebook, parents, this is totally free of charge. You do not need to join my Patreon club to participate. It's a great place where you can post pictures of your children with all their different uh, toys and all the things that they like to post. So if you are are a member or or if you would like to come over to there, look for the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. I do have a Dinosaur George page, but that page we really use more to promote where I'm going to be speaking and that kind of stuff. So you want to join the Dinosaur George Kids uh, group, Dinosaur George Kids. All right, let's just buzz through them real quick. Leo from England, who just turned eight, happy birthday to you, Leo, uh, set up a really cool scene. Says, uh, hi, dinosaur George. I hope you like being eaten by a T-Rex skeleton. What do you mean? Wait, that's me in the mouth of that. Okay, you rotten little kid. You put me in the mouth of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay, you are in so much trouble, child. And Leo says, P.S., you're 100% El Stinko. Who? Who is this El Stinko person you're talking about? I have never heard of El Stinko. No one. Knows the identity of El Stinko. <laughs> All right. This is a great picture from the Quest family. It says, Dear El Stinko. Okay, let me let me tell you kids something. Where do where do you people come up with these ideas? Because I have never heard of anything like that. Raiden Mosasaurus. Uh, who's a T-Rex member. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I don't know who this El Stinko person is, but if you call me El Stinko one more time, you kids are in so much trouble, you're not going to believe it. Love the picture you set up, buddy. That's very, very good. Very, very good. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from the Click family. This morning we were having a discussion about the largest carnivores on each continent got stumped about Europe. Jurassic James A's four wants to know what's the largest carnivore from Europe? Is it Hatsigopteryx? Well, yeah. If you are talking strictly about being a carnivore, then yes, Hatsigopteryx is the largest because it was larger than any of the dinosaurs. You have Megalosaurus over there, and that's a big carnivore. But I don't know if Megalosaurus would have been as tall as Hatsigopteryx. I would tell you this Megalosaurus would have been a worse carnivore. Um, uh, and then also my friend Eric Matthews, a very good friend of mine, also mentioned Torvosaurus. I think they find him over there. That could be another big one. So, um, uh, it could be any one of those. If you're talking about dinosaurs, then definitely megalosaurus, or Torvosaurus. I mean torvosaurus. And if you're just talking about meat eater in general, then it would be land animal, it would be Hatsigoopteryx. All right. Uh let's see. Oh, this is kind of cool. Uh Mataski family posted a good link to a new, uh, uh, to a discovery of a new uh, species, which is very, very interesting. Maddox, who's six, uh, showed a really cool T. Rex. Is that a, gra- a sloth riding on the back of a T. Rex? All right, Maddox, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Thank you, mom or dad, for posting the picture. Love it. That's a great smile on you there, kid. Very, very good. Davy Soros got to meet Blue at the zoo. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, I do think it's a little hungry. That's very, very cool. Source, love that picture. Glad you got to go to the zoo, wherever you guys live. And I think that's great. I think that's great. And I love the zoo. It's the best. Uh, Juliano Julianosaurus. Julianosaurus. I'm sorry. Julianosaurus Rex was the expert paleontologist consulting for his dad. Hey, this is great. Look at this can sculpture. Wow. Wow, Julianosaurus, I'm very proud of you for helping your dad. That's very cool. That thing is cool. That is, what What are those cans? I'm going to have to zoom in on that picture and see, but they look really great. I love that very much. Owen Adon made a little dinosaur diorama. Love it. Owen Adon says, P.S. You are totally Elstinko Would you stop saying that? What kind of kids are you? love <laughs> I love your diorama, buddy. That's very, very good. And then, oh, this is so cool. I had the opportunity, uh, this wonderful family, uh, Gundalak family, came in from, I believe they're from Victoria, and uh, the the grandfather was celebrating his birthday, and then uh, your son, your grandson came in as well. It was so nice meeting all of you. It was so great meeting you all, and I'm so glad that you came by and and saw the exhibit and that you got to see blue and that blue didn't eat you. But happy birthday, and uh, thank you so much for stopping by. It was so nice meeting you all. I enjoyed it very much. All right, uh, here's Jacob on the Jurassic Coast. And good for you, Jacob, for knowing who Mary Annen, Anning was. That's very, very good. I'm very, I need to do a podcast on Mary Anning. Uh my little niece Susie Bell who was just there recently uh she knows a lot about Mary Anning. Maybe I'll do one where I'll get Susie Bell to come in and talk about it and maybe I'll try to see if I can even bring in um uh if I could bring in Jacob to also add. I'm very proud of you. I'm very very proud of you for learning about who Mary Anning is because she's a very important person to paleontology. Very very nice. All right, let's see. Um, I'm just going to buzz through this real quick. Oh, this is absolutely great. The Beasley boys, you guys were in the uh, Patreon meeting. You're What are you laughing about, by the way, you rotten little kids? You two were so much fun. I hope you enjoyed it. And I think you rotten kids were laughing because Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor attacked me. Yeah, that's hilarious for you two. And I like your dinosaur collection, boys. And thank you, Mom and Dad, for letting them be members of the club I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Byron built a really, really cool Jurassic Park scene. Uh, And I'm so glad that, uh, Lee family, that you guys like the show. Thank you so very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, Let's see. Raptor drew a picture of Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor becoming king. Oh, how cool is that? Cha-Cha-Cha, which that dinosaur drives me nuts, by the way. Why did you make it the king? It looks great, though. Very, very nice. Nicely done. That's very, very good. Uh, Let's see. Maggie Rex painted and assembled a walking model triceratops. That is awesome. She set it loose to see if El Stinker would show up. Let me tell you something, Maggie Rex. You should be glad that that rotten cha-cha-cha doesn't show up and bother that thing. Uh, and it's not going to look for El Stinko either, which I don't even know who that is. So why are you sending it to look for me? I mean, look for that El Stinko person that you you kids are are talking about. Because I don't know anything about it. All right. Megaraptor Aaron created a Triceratops topiary. Nicely done. Love the horns. That's very, very good. Very good. And then Aiden drew an amazing picture. Um, and who is it? This is Comsteg... Fin... It's a combination of a bunch of dinosaurs. Looks like Comsonathus stegosaurus. And... uh. Oh, hey, listen, that is cool. Aiden, I like that a lot. That's great. And by the way, thank you for saying that you enjoy the podcast. And thank you for saying that you enjoy the community. I'll tell you this, parents... Uh, I'm very careful, we're very careful, my crew and I, to ensure that anything that goes on this page is child-friendly. In fact, people can't post images without us approving them first. So I'm very aware of this being a family-friendly thing, and it is cool. If you guys ever go, you see that when somebody posts uh, things, people interact, it's just a very good place, and I enjoy it very much. All right, Gracie Rex. Uh, did a research project. Hey, look at that. That's very nice. And she did her favorite dinosaur. That looks to be, Is that Carnotaurus? Very, very nice. Glad you joined this group. Nicely done, Gracie Rex. I'm very proud of you, honey. That's absolutely great. And then Percy, who's going to be a paleontologist, and I know she is, says she loves the Dinosaur George podcast. Well, Percy, I love you too, and I'm so glad you like it, and I like that book. That's very, and I like that dress. Uh, Maybe I should buy a dress like that. I would look amazing in a dinosaur dress because it has dinosaurs and it also has rainbows and I would look amazing in it. Okay, what are you kids laughing at? I don't know what's going on. Why is everybody laughing? I like that, Percy. Thank you for posting. That's very, very nice, honey. That's very cool. Hey, listen, for all of you, for those of you that may not ever get to come to San Antonio, I posted on the Dinosaur George Kids group page, I posted a video where I went in and took a video of all the things that I have on exhibit. So if you don't think you're ever going to be able to make it to San Antonio, go to the Facebook group and watch the video. You'll see it about halfway down. Just go down the page. But I posted a video there and I think that uh, you will enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it very much. Okay, let's see. Um, Lucas Scorpius Rex uh, did a great video. Hey, that's cool. That's Dilophosaurus. That's very, very cool. I like that a lot. Let me see if I can turn the volume up a little bit on my my, uh, computer. Let's see what this is. Hey, dinosaur
0: George. I mean, A-K-A-L Stinko. Okay, stop right there, you rotten little kid.
1: All right, keep going. Here's this
0: Dilophosaurus in a swamp and. There's Amber up here, and how do you get to it? Like that. It's supposed to go like that.
1: Nice. There. That is really. You're Captain Underpants. I'm not Captain Underpants either. What kind of kids are you? Calling me El Stinko and then calling me Captain Underpants? What kind of kids are you? Lucas Scorpius Rex, I like your scene very much. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, let's see. Oh, another great image. Uh, Mosasaurus Revenge. Nice. Hey, is that a video? Do you guys make a show? Let me click on it real quick and see what that is. Uh, oh, my. Taking my message from the veins. Speaking my lesson from the brain. Seeing the beauty through the... Oh, nice. So he has a big Scorpius Rex and all the, I mean, an Indominus Rex, and all of a sudden the Mosasaur shows up. That's cool. That's very cool. Nicely done. Miles, who is a T-Rex member, is showing a picture with the claw and tooth that he got as his welcome gift. Shout out to Kingswood Academy Montessori. Miles, who lives in New Brunswick, Canada. I know it took a while to get there, buddy. But I'm so glad you have them. Thank you for posting that picture. I absolutely love it. Rory Raptor got Dino Dinonopoly for her birthday. How cool is that? This is absolutely great. And it looks like mom has to pay her every time she gets a quiz question, right? Mom, listen, just go to the bank and take out a loan. Get it over with. You know, just do it. Because I know that Roy Raptor is going to get every single one of those right. Happy birthday to you, honey. That's so cool, and I like that very, very much. Emerson, Emersonosaurus Rex went to a place called the Hagerman Fossil Bed National Monument in Idaho and has some great pictures standing around. Hey, these are great. Very, very nice. And you were sworn in to be a junior ranger, and you got your badge. Very proud of you, buddy. I'm very, very proud of you. That's absolutely excellent. And then Giganota Otis is so happy because he finally got his Raptor Claw and Tooth. Again, one of our T Rex Patreon club members, and I'm sorry it took so long to get there. But Giganota Otis, what a great name. Uh, so glad you are a member, my friend. I'm so glad you are a member. That's too cool. Let's see, the Fallon family, RJ, who seven, says, I love your podcast so much, and I love you more, Stinko. What did you just What did you just call me, kid? Jay, what? Oh, you are in so much trouble. So let's just get past that one and pretend like you didn't say that. And let's go in here and see what Jalophosaurus Gene Soros said. Hey, Elstinko, I drew a picture of an out. Al- Wait. Um Gene Soros, are you and are Are you kidding me? Are you and Jay working together? Really? Really, that's what you're doing? Calling me El Stinko? Okay, let's keep going. Love that, by the way. Um, this is great. This is from the German family who, uh, Bo, did a version of Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor riding a Spinosaurus. I'm pretty sure that's a stink bomb on the side, too. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely great. <laughs> let's see. Penny Kyrus wanted to know if there's any lizards without tails. Yeah, there were some that didn't have long tails. Some of the earliest lizards were probably short-tailed, uh, but I think most of them do. I'm pretty sure most of them do. Here's a T-Rex Club member, Andrew Sarkis. Love that name. Riding on top of an iranosaurus. Under the iranosaurus is a prehistoric beaver. Was that thing real? Yes, it was. It was named Castoroides. They're working together to cut down the crazy, dangerous sandbox tree. And yes, I know that it's a real thing. Nicely done. Very, very proud of you. Emersonosaurus Rex, love that video. You did a great job. Um, Glad you got a shout out, boys. I see Leo and Dylan sent me a note. Very nice. Raptor Blaine and Lucas Rex sent a great picture of a raptor. Very nice. Let's see. Uh, Russell Raptor, age eight. Uh, Hello, Dinosaur George. I just joined the Facebook group. This is a dinosaur jockey that I created. I like your podcast very much. Nobody knows the identity of El Stinko. Thank you, Russell Raptor. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Here we have a picture. From, uh, welcome to the group, buddy. Here we have a picture of from Oliver Source from Laos who did an source eating salad and a sandwich. Ah, that was one of the projects I gave. That was one of the projects I gave where you guys are supposed to draw a picture of an source eating a salad and sandwich. I love this thing. Thank you so much, Oliver Soros, and I hope you're having a wonderful time in your beautiful country. Let's see, Griffin Raptor, age five, drew a picture of a Kentrosaurus and a Velociraptor, and I love those colors. Love them very much. Breconsaurus showing off a Mosasaur tooth, that's a real one, and a Mosasaur Lego. Very, very nice. Well, these are absolutely amazing. These are absolutely amazing pictures. Thank you for posting If I missed you, I'm so sorry. I've got so many that come in that it's hard for me to get everyone. But thank you so, so very much. All right. Let me see what's next on my list. I got to go through my whole list and see where I am. Um, I already did that. I already did. Okay. Let's do this. Let Let me answer a couple of other Ask DG questions. Do you have any questions about
0: dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random, and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George.
1: All right, this first question is from one of my Patreon club members, Brooke, who says, is Spinosaurus bigger than T-Rex? Well, this is a very good question, Brooke, because... When we say bigger, what are we really talking about? Are we talking about longer? Are we talking about taller? Are we talking about heavier? See, think about this. If I had a giraffe and an elephant and I said, which one is bigger? Well, you might choose the elephant. But I said, which one is taller? You'd choose the giraffe. So now Spinosaurus is both taller and longer than Tyrannosaurus rex. Well, let me take that back. It may not be taller depending on the version that we think Spinosaurus was. One version is that its legs are short and it's closer to the ground. Therefore, it would not be taller than the Tyrannosaurus Rex. But it's definitely longer than Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it was probably heavier, but you can't really compare the two after that. Uh, One is made for moving around quickly and catching fish, apparently, and the other is made for grabbing and crushing dinosaurs. So definitely Spinosaurus is longer, is probably taller, and was probably heavier in that particular case. Good question. Okay, David says, does Missouri have a state dinosaur? Hey, do you know that almost every state in the United States has a state dinosaur, an official state dinosaur? And probably within your countries, there may be official state dinosaurs as well. Now, in the case of Missouri, it's, uh, who is it? It's, oh, what is its name? I know its last name is Missouriensis, but what is its name? It's not hypsilophan. It's not hypsilophan. Hypsibema. Hypsibema. I think that's the name of it. That is your state dinosaur. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. But if you just Google Missouri state dinosaur, you'll find out, David, if I was right or not. I'm not sure if I was. And then Asher says, hey, Dinosaur George, I'm a new T-Rex member. Welcome to the group, Asher. And Asher said, I think you are old stinko. Well, Asher, I am so... You are in so much trouble, kid. You are in so much trouble. (laughs) All right, how about we do a couple of Who Would Wins? And then I have an interview with a Patreon club member. Who Would Win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus terror bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right. Now, to submit who would win, you have to be a T-Rex member, so all of these names will be T-Rex members. And the cool thing about Patreon is you get to give yourself a nickname. This first question is from Leafy Source Rex, who says, who would win, Elasmosaurus versus Juvenile T-Rex? Well, if the fight was on the beach... If a was able to come out of the water sort of like the way a sea turtle can drag itself up with its flippers, it stands no chance. Even against a juvenile T-Rex, simply no chance. Now, if the juvenile T-Rex went out into the ocean, the only thing a might be able to do is grab it by the leg and maybe pull it underwater to drown it. But it could never eat it. A mouth is not made for eating big. It's made for eating fish. They have very long, skinny, pointy teeth. Those teeth would probably snap off if it bit into something as big as a young tyrannosaurus. So it could certainly win the fight, but not, not eat it and probably would want to stay away from it because of the potential of danger, potentially breaking its teeth off. But this is a very interesting fight. I would give it to the juvenile Rex, definitely on land, uh, and maybe Elasmosaurus in the water. Good one. All right, this next one is from Liam Rex, who says, Niosaurus versus Concavenator, two rather unique animals. Now, I believe Niosaurus is Triassic. I believe Niosaurus is a Triassic carnivore, very small carnivore. um, And Concavenator, I believe, is Jurassic, I think. Yeah, I think Concavenator is Jurassic. I don't think he's Cretaceous. I think it's Jurassic. Wait, I might be thinking about, I might be thinking about Cryolophosaurus. Concavenator, maybe it's Cretaceous. Well, it doesn't matter. And here's why, Liam Rex. Concavenator is going to have strength, size, speed, and weaponry, all of which are more superior than Niosaurus. So concavenator, in my opinion, would win. But here's why I was trying to remember what time period it's from. Because the earlier the dinosaur, the less advanced it is. And what I mean by that is dinosaurs that first show up at the beginning of the age of dinosaurs are not as smart and not as well-developed as those that come later. That's just the way nature works. Animals that survive survive usually become more and more efficient as animals. It's like cars, right? The very first cars ever made were very slow, but they were pretty cool. Cars that are made today are incredible because there's more technology in cars today. So think of technology as the thing that dinosaurs now in their case, it usually has to do with their ability, their speed, their their vision, all of those things. So I believe Concavenator, whether it's Jurassic or Cretaceous, it's going to have advantages, and I would pick that one to win. Very good. Okay, Richard Soros Rex would like to know who would win, Baryonyx versus Iguanodon. This is interesting, because in this particular case, we can choose a winner very easily, and that is Baryonyx. Why did I choose it so quickly? Because they found the skeleton of a baby Iguanodon inside the stomach of a Baryonyx. That means Baryonyx ate it. Now, it doesn't mean it went out and killed it. It may have found it dead and just ate it. Uh, It scavenged it. But the fact that it ate it would suggest that Baryonyx sees Iguanodon as a potential meal. If it's willing to eat a dead one, it probably wants to chase down and eat an adult. And so when you look at it, Iguanodon certainly has the thumb spike weaponry and it has its tail, which it could use as a weapon as well. But um, Baryonyx, with that long snout, can inflict a lot of injury before Iguanodon can get close enough to Baryonyx to use its thumb spikes. You've got to be right next to it to use those thumb spikes. Whereas with Baryonyx, he's got that long snout. He can grab you before you even get close. If he grabs you by the head, all you can do is swing your arms wildly, but you're not going to reach him. Because his body is still farther away. I'm going to give that particular battle, in my opinion, I'm going to give that battle to Barry Onyx. All right. One of the best parts about becoming a Patreon Club member, if you become a T-Rex member, is your name gets put on this wheel and we spin it during our monthly lessons. And if it lands on your name, you get to be interviewed. And so here is an interview with one of my T-Rex members.
0: Would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon Club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus Club member.
1: My guest today is Maddie, who has been a member for the longest time and the greatest part about Maddie is she changes her name every single lesson yeah. for the longest time she was true Maddie because I think true Adon was her favorite but the last time I saw your name Maddie it was like 7,000 dinosaurs combined so <laughs> I'm just gonna call you Maddie but I can't keep up with all the names that you've used in the past how you doing Maddie I am doing good excellent how old are you Maddie I am nine years old. Nine years old. That is crazy. So you're nine years old. What grade are you in? I'm in fourth grade. Nice. Do you like school? Yes. Now, do you go to public, private, or homeschool? Public. Public school. Very cool. What's the name of your school?
0: Shelby Elementary.
1: Excellent. And what is Shelby Elementary's mascot? Do you have a mascot?
0: Yes. It's a shark.
1: Ooh. Nice. <laughs> The Sharks, what a cool name that is awesome, so uh, you like school? Mm-hmm. and what is your favorite subject in school?
0: Math or science? I can't decide
1: wow math was I was not good in math, but science I <laughs> loved, but you're good in math. That's very cool. I was good in recess and lunch those <laughs> those were my best subjects. Lunch was my all time best subject so <laughs> So you like math, huh? hmm That's really cool. And you like science, obviously. You're a science person.
0: Mm-hmm. I can already do long division. No way. I, I learned how in third grade.
1: Well, thank you for making me fool- feel even more foolish about math. <laughs> I I can't divide. any. I All I can divide is a pizza. Like, if you were with me, I would divide it. One slice for you, 12 slices for me. That's equal division. That's how good I am at math.
0: (laughs) If the slices were as same as uh, if they were super small and cut up to the same size as me, then yes, they would.
1: Don't rip me off, kid. I'm trying to steal pizza from you. What kind of a person stops a grown man from stealing pizza from a girl? It's like you're trying to make me the bad guy in this.
0: Because you are the bad guy. Hey, don't say
1: that, kid. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's nuts and so you also like science right yep that's really cool so uh, of course you like you like dinosaurs you like prehistoric life what other kind of sciencey things do you like
0: um i like
1: dad yeah you know your dad your dad (laughs) walked in you (laughs) notice your dad only showed up when i said pizza (laughs) I said pizza, and your dad appears. He's like, where's my slice? <laughs>
0: uh, I like animals a lot.
1: Do you? Now, do you have any pets?
0: I have three dogs.
1: Nice. What are their names?
0: Tessie, Kiki, and Maze. Boring.
1: Let's change their names right now. Frank, <laughs> Elizabeth, and Ronaldo.
0: I like Ronaldo.
1: Well then, we're not going to use Ronaldo. Look, I'm not sharing any good stuff with you because you tried to rip me off with pizza. So I'm not. I'm not going to work with you, child. There's no way I'm going to work with you at all of this. So, I, yeah, I like animals as well. Do you go to the zoo very often? Do you get to go to the zoo?
0: Um, it's an hour drive away. Mm. My favorite zoo, which is the Santa Barbara Zoo, it's an hour drive away. So not usually, but I wish I could.
1: Yeah. What is, now? What are your favorite modern animals?
0: Either clouded leopard or the diamondback rattlesnake. Wow.
1: Well, I've got diamond... I live in Texas, so we have diamondbacks everywhere. And I haven't seen a clouded leopard in a long time because they don't live in Texas, so I guess that's why. But (laughs) why those two? Those are very interesting choices. One, I love snakes. And
0: two, because I also... Love how the clouded leopard looks and how um some people think that in like, in like maybe thousands or millions of years, they might turn into an, a new saber tooth.
1: Nice. Yeah. They, they have really long teeth, don't they?
0: Mm-hmm. The longest canines so far.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Their teeth are exceptionally long. It's kind of strange because no other cat today has that, Teeth as long compared to their skull as they do. It's pretty amazing animal. I guess they they need those long teeth to be able to capture stuff and make sure it doesn't get away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. And and snakes. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not a snake person. I don't. I I respect snakes, but snakes scare me. They give me the creeps. So let's. Oh, there's talk- maze. That's maze. Yeah. Oh, nice. What kind of dog is that?
0: Um I what don't really know. Huh? Oh i We don't know. Oh. Maybe a Kelpie. It's just
1: We it's, think Kelpie. We think Kelpie. Oh cool. That's very cool. Well that's kinda cool. It looked like a cool dog. I only saw it for a second. Of course the dog showed up when I mentioned pizza. What is with your dad and the dogs show up the minute we talk about pizza? They both appear. <laughs> we
0: didn't talk we weren't talking about pizza.
1: Oh. Well I was still thinking it in my head. So So let's talk about dinosaurs because obviously you like modern animals which I do too. But let's talk about prehistoric life. First, do you have I know this has changed a couple of times in conversations with you, but do you have a favorite dinosaur right now? Truodon. Nice, Truodon. So you stayed with Truodon. You're even holding a Truodon. How cool is that? Yeah, Truodon is Tell me an interesting fact about Truodon.
0: Um the first fossil they found of Truodon was only one tooth.
1: Wow. Wow, and from that tooth, were they able to sort of guess what it was, or did they have to wait till they found new stuff? You know,
0: I don't know. It in my book that I have that it shows it only tells me that I have a Dino Dana book.
1: Oh, it's a good that's Dinosaurite. Yeah, yeah. What's cool I mean, about Truadon's teeth is they're very unusual, totally different from all other carnivores. Have you ever seen a picture of their tooth?
0: Um, I think one time when you posted it, uh. After the Truidon podcast.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a cool looking it's a cool looking tooth. Very unusual tooth. I don't really understand why of all the carnivores it had such a such a unique tooth, but but it did. So yeah, so truidon is pretty cool. Pretty smart dinosaur too, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's either the smartest or one of the smartest dinosaurs in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty smart. Uh, like if you brought it a pizza, it would know how to divide it. One slice for you. Really? Well, that's what I would do if I was a true <laughs> So what other dinosaurs? So let's let's talk about some of the other dinosaurs that you think are interesting.
0: I have a few second favorites. All right. I like mm-hmm. I like Nanukosaurus, Baryonyx and Micropachycephalosaurus Of my second favorite.
1: Nice. Nice. A lot of people don't know about Nanukosaurus, which is a very cool dinosaur. Um uh, mm-hmm. Micropachy I absolutely love. What about some of the sauropods, the big long necks like Brachiosaurus and those guys? Do you find them very interesting?
0: Um I think that the way they're all the same is kind of cool, but I don't like like love this one kind. Yeah. I think Amargosaurus is a little cool.
1: Yeah. But
0: I don't think like they're all like whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's some dinosaurs that I I mean, I like all of them, but I'm not that interested. What about the ceratopsians like Triceratops and Styracosaurus, those guys?
0: Um, Cosmoceratops and plus my mom's favorite is Cosmoceratops.
1: Nice. That's a cool dinosaur. I like Cosmoceratops. You know, the first time I ever saw the skull of one. You know, the little horns over the top of the frill that are kind of bent forward. They almost look like they were melted. Like, like that's not the way it's supposed to look. What are you holding in your hand? A trilobite fossil. What on earth did you have a trilobite? Did you just, where did you find that? Crawling around the floor. Tell your mom she needs to clean a little better. You got trilobites (laughs) in your house, dude. Man, I have never seen such a messy house in my life. This lady has trilobites on the carpet. Clean up a little bit. I got it in Las Vegas. You gambled and won a trilobite in Las
0: Vegas? (laughs) No, I bought it at a museum.
1: Aren't you kind of young to be going to Las Vegas to gamble and win a trilobite?
0: I got it at a museum.
1: Oh, well, my story was way funnier than yours. So, (laughs) and what is that? Is that a megalodon tooth? Yep. All right, that's pretty cool. That's a big one, too. That's a big megalodon. Mm You got a good th- fossil collection.
0: I think it's about 3
1: inches. That's really good. That's very that's very good. Yeah, that has a lot of enamel. That's, you know, that's the shiny part towards the bottom. One of the things that happens with megalodon teeth is the enamel can become separated from the tooth and they don't look as good. But that's a very good tooth. Does it still have any of the like the serrated edge? Like can you feel the sharp edge or is it smooth?
0: Um, it's, um, a little sharp over here, but it wouldn't like right hurt me.
1: Right, right. That tells you that that tooth was, was lost naturally because they don't want to lose their teeth until the edge is worn down. And that's when they lose their tooth. If you ever get a a megalodon tooth and it's super sharp on the edge, that means that that tooth either, either fell out early or the shark died and lost that tooth. Because usually they don't lose those super sharp teeth; they only use lose the uh, the dull ones. That's very cool.
0: You wanted to hear something crazy? Sure. I found a geode at Camp Natoma once. Wow! Well, my first time here. There. Cool. Yeah. Uh huh. It's were downstairs.
1: You, did you? Were you able to break it open?
0: Um. Yeah. It has a lot of gems inside it.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. That's very. The only
0: way I knew it was a geode is because some of the front was already cut off and I could see like jewels.
1: Oh, nice. So you can see the crystals inside. Very, very cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, breaking open geodes is like the coolest thing in the world. The the most amazing thing when you break open a geode is you are the first person in the history of the world to see inside of it. Because nobody's seen inside of it until you broke it open. So that's the amazing thing about geodes is you are the first person in the world. Of all the humans that have ever lived, True Maddie was the first one to see those crystals. Ooh, la la. That's very cool.
0: (laughs) We also found a geode that was almost as tall as me. Oh, wow. We couldn't crack it open, though. We, like, scraped off some of the um, rock and found some crystals.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's, that's some of them are huge. I, I saw a geode once in um, South America where somebody could stand inside of it. So they could stand inside the geode.
0: It was Yay. really cool. Yeah,
1: it was really cool. You know what would be great is if you could break it open and somebody hide, and then you put it back together, and then you ask somebody to break it open, and when they do, you jump out scream, ha-ha! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be funny.
1: Well, yeah, it'd be hilarious. So... <laughs> So if you could travel back in time to see a dinosaur, but not your favorite, not your favorite, if you could travel back in time, which dinosaur would you want to see?
0: Ankylosaurus.
1: That's one of your favorites. Stop cheating, kid.
0: <laughs> you said not my favorite, not my second favorite.
1: Wow. You are way too smart for me, child. <laughs> I, you know, I have a feeling you're going to rip me off and get the whole pizza before this thing is over. You're going to totally rip me off, kid. <laughs> So Nanuksaurus. So why would you want to see that one? Because
0: I think it's really cool how it was a member of the Tyrannosaur family, but lived way up in the cold and it was weighed a lot.
1: Yeah. What about do you think that it was covered in feathers? You know, everybody asked me about do all meat eaters have feathers? And I used I tele- think it was. Oh, that's a good answer. Why do you think it had feathers?
0: Because it lived where it was cold.
1: Nicely done. Nicely done. And that brings up a great point, Maddie. So many people, when they think of dinosaurs, they think of two things, a swamp and super hot. But that's not true, right? There were dinosaurs living all over the world. It wasn't hot everywhere. Your Nanukasaurus is a perfect example. It was cold. And in the winter, they may have had a month or two of total darkness, kind of the way Alaska does today. That's cool. So do you think it had good eyesight? What do you think?
0: Um, I think it had but bin- not binocular. I I am sorry about that. The kind of owl's vision, like owl's vision.
1: Right, right. So it probably could at least see a little bit in the dark if it's living there when there was total darkness. It could be that they migrated south, you know, and waited to, to get to other areas, but whatever the case is, that's an amazing dinosaur. I find it fascinating. So um. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask me that are not pizza-related and not math-related? Because you're not going to uh, humiliate me with a math question.
0: No, I want to ask a math question. No! <laughs> I won't. Thank you. I, um, I have a question for you and uh, who would win.
1: All right, go ahead.
0: My question is How big was the American lion?
1: Wow, I just got the skull of an American lion three days ago for my museum. I just got the skull. And the American lion is quite a bit larger than lions from Africa today. Yeah, they're big. They're not double the size, but they're pretty close. The American lion was living with uh, Smilodon, the saber-toothed cat. And so they probably. They probably stayed away from each other because they were too big and probably competed. But it was bigger than a saber-toothed cat. I I, I would say probably the second largest carnivore of its time, with the only one being bigger than them, would be the short-faced bear. So the American Lion was a big dude. It's a good question. And what is your who would win?
0: You versus you 10 years ago.
1: Okay. (laughs) First of all, why are you making me fight myself? And how am I going to beat myself from 10 years ago? Uh, 10 years ago, I, uh, I think I had hair 10 years ago. No, I didn't. Uh, 10 years ago, I wouldn't recognize myself. I'd be like, who's that good looking guy? That's you. So <laughs> me versus me from 10 years ago. Kid, this is the most insane battle I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> First of all, today I would be much slower. Mostly because of how much pizza I eat. But other than that, <laughs> I would say 10-year younger me would probably win a fight against me today. Because today I'm just too tired to fight. I'd just be like, nah, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're such a nut. Hey, who is, uh, do you have any, uh, who's your best friend in school?
0: Um, Zoe.
1: Zoe. Well, you make mm-hmm. sure to tell Zoe to listen to the podcast so that we give her a shout out. Hi, Zoe. Do you know your friend Maddie doesn't share pizza? Did you know that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, <laughs> now Zoe's going to know the real you. That's really cool. And what is your teacher's name?
0: Mrs. Blower. She has a service dog because she has some sort of disability that we don't know.
1: Well, that's cool though that she has the service dog. That's very, very cool. I had a service skunk, but nobody would ever let me in school with it, which was weird because I really a service skunk. It kept the burglars away. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wanted How do you to have... train the skunk? Uh, you don't. You just keep away from it. Uh, I used to have a a service a Diamondback rattlesnake, but uh, clatter, oh. yeah, clouded leopard ate it. So it was really a weird story. What? <laughs> Oh, Maddie, you are such a treat. Maddie, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people here this podcast and hear your interview. Is there anything you'd like to tell all of the young people all over the world that are listening? Would you have some advice? What would you like to tell them?
0: Um I think that don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something you think you can.
1: What a what a perfect perfect answer. You are such a smart young lady. You, you've been such a good kid. And I'm so proud of you. And uh, that's a great way to end this this uh, this thing. And uh, is that your dad barking, by the way?
0: No, those are my dogs. And my
1: dad's going to go stop them barking. You're, your dad is barking because he's hungry? No. <laughs> Feed him some pizza. And tell your mom to clean the floor. There's trilobites crawling all over your house. All right, my little friend. Maddie, I am so glad you got to do this. Did you have fun? Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, all right. Thank you, Maddie. I had such a good time interviewing you. That was so much fun. It was great. Thank you for doing that. I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. Remember, go out and do a little research on Dryosaurus, And if you can, draw a picture of it and post it on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. I hope you all enjoyed this lesson or this, this podcast. I've got so many more coming up and I know you're going to enjoy those as well. Until next time, my friends be kind to everybody. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Tell your parents how much you love them. That means a lot to them. And you are never too old to say, I love you to your mom and your dad and your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and neighbors and parents and godparents and everybody else. Be kind. I'll see you guys. Take care, everybody.